0: Well, again, great morning to be together. Sorry about my joke about dead leaves. I feel like that didn't that didn't land too well at the beginning of the service. It is beautiful day. Uh, leaves do die, and we get to enjoy them. But uh, uh, some of you are like, "Where is he going with that?" But uh, it is fall, and and one of the things that we do around here, we'll we'll jump in a message in a moment. I want to make an announcement. Uh, this fall, as we do, and we do a springtime as well, we have what we call our fall family gathering, and and this is an opportunity that we do. and We've been doing these for years. Where we come together as a church in a different time And really like the church family And what I mean by that is on Sundays we come And people come and go And maybe you're new with us today And you're kind of checking things out We're so glad you took time And we hope that you could be family here We love to include you in our family If God would lead you here to be a part of it But we do gather as a family As a core, as a church Those that call CTK North Bay home That we have special gatherings that we do This particular gathering coming up on October thirtieth. They're all important, but I would say this is a very important gathering. Uh, this is this is a gathering that will uh, really be important as we talk about the future of our church. Now, the church isn't in crisis. There's nothing necessarily wrong going on, but God is leading us and directing us in leadership, and we want to make sure that we get everybody involved with that who 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 call this church home. More will be shared about that, but. Could you do, at least today, could you put this in your phone? Can you put it in your calendar? We'll be gathering 7 p.m. on the 30th of Monday right in this room. We'll have dessert here together, and we'll be able to you get to hear a little bit more. And just—you're going to hear the importance of what it means to be a local church and how that matters, and so— Again, more details coming, so put that on your calendar. I really appreciate that. But if you're new with us, you're, you're welcome to come and hear more of what's going on as well. Everybody's welcome to do that. If you're online as well, we'd love to have you uh, be a part of us here in, in person for that evening. Uh, today we're wrapping up a series called As in Heaven. We sang it here just a moment ago, and we're believing that God wants to do something, what he has in heaven that he wants to do on earth, and that there's a partnership that we have doing that. And so we've been doing a series on prayer And I think it's been helpful for all of us. Some of us, we we confess. I know at the beginning, I'm not like, this sounds bad as a pastor. I'm not a great prayer. I'm more of a doer. And I'm learning and growing in prayer. And what I love about the Lord is that Jesus gives us this famous prayer because it's a prayer that's so helpful for all of us to pray. And, and you know, because when when we go along, and I don't know about you, there's times where I kind of run out of words to pray. Like, I, I can kind of pray almost the same things. And then Jesus gives this prayer that really was the reason the disciples needed this. They, they, they were watching Jesus do what Jesus does. He's healing people. He's doing miracles. And it's interesting that when G, when the disciples ask of Jesus, it doesn't seem like they ask, hey, Jesus, can we do, like, miracles you're doing? Jesus, can we, can we like... You know, like, heal people like you heal people. Can we say, can we teach us to talk like you talk? What what do the disciples say? Lord, teach us to pray. They knew where the power, where the source was coming from. And so one day, Jesus says, okay, I'm going to show you how to pray. And this is a prayer that, if you don't know what to pray, this is a wonderful model prayer. And I thought today we could just pray the prayer. It's a prayer that, if you're new with us and, and you, you know, or your, you, you know, you have a neighbor that doesn't even go to church. They probably know this prayer, don't they? You probably prayed in grandma's house or heard it in a movie. This is the prayer that Jesus says. Here, let me show you how to pray. Can we, can we pray this together? Let's, let's say it out loud, even online. You're watching now. Just say it online with us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know that prayer, right? That's a prayer that's pretty pretty well known. And 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 so we we've been praying this prayer, and we've been breaking down the prayer in kind of directional. first week, if you if you know how do you start to pray? The best thing to do is pray up, to go upward in, in adoration. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Week two, we, well, week three, when we had an introduction, but week three, we talked about inward by confession. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We talked about that's a, a problem prayer because the battle is is our wills and God's will. And he, he ends up winning at the end. We just need to come into submission to him through confession. And then last week, we spent some time just talking about petition, to really ask God. And, you know, this bold prayer to ask whatever is in his in His name, it happens. God, God will do that according to, according to his will. You know, And that can also lead in petition of forgiving our debts and help us not lead into temptation. But we're going to wrap up this morning talking about this line, deliver us from the evil one. And this is a prayer of outward toward intercession. We're going to talk about intercession, intercessory prayer here in a moment. You ever thought about why Jesus ended his prayer, the Lord's prayer with that? Deliver us from the evil one? That seems like kind of ominous, doesn't it? It seems kind of like... Wow, that's that's pretty you know that's pretty intense. Well, it was actually very intense. In fact, it was kind of controversial that Jesus would pray this way. We we don't think of it this way. You think, yeah, we want to be protected from the devil attacking us, and it's true, but mentioning evil to a group of people there and the Jewish people was interesting. There was, as you know, when Jesus spoke, he spoke to a diverse audience of people, didn't he? It was Jews and non-Jews, but the Jewish people, there was actually different sects of the Jewish culture the jewish religion so you had the sadducees see when they talked about he him, him talking about deliver and the evil one they didn't even believe in evil back the sadducees are kind of the aristocrats of the the jewish faith they they really were more of a political group they're more of the secularized group of jewish people they're more they're more focused on rome and what rome's doing what rome are the hellenistic uh jewish people and so they didn't really want to talk about that they didn't want to stir the pot about evil and then the opposite group was the Essenes, and the Essenes were almost a mystical group of people. Okay, the first group they didn't they didn't believe in it, they didn't care about it. Of course, that's a great that's a great uh, uh, tactic of the of Satan, right? Is to get the biggest biggest strategy of Satan is that you don't believe in them, and and that's really the first group. We, we don't want anything to do with them, and the second group was the scenes and they're opposite they were they're mysticals people they they were very much like if you ever met a christian that there's a there's a demon around every corner do you know people like that like just like the enemy here enemy are like man you're just they, they're, they're kind of that stream in that way and then there's the pharisees which a bulk of the people or bulk of what jesus communicated with and and had got you know Feet, you know pushback from was the the Pharisees and they were all about the law and if you could follow the law that would keep away evil if you do everything really good to the T and perfect well we know that no one is perfect except our heavenly father and it's only through Jesus to make us perfect and so they were they're trying to follow the laws to be perfect and they weren't going they're not going to make it there and so those were these groups of people they were going so it was very controversial for Jesus to say and talk about evil and and I, I was thinking about all the different things about the how we deal with evil. Because one side, we could not even worry about it. And people are like, too much credit's given to the devil. And others, you know, not enough. And we need to be careful with it. I love what C.S. Lewis talks about evil. He says this. I think it's a great balance. He says there's two equal and opposite errors into which we call call fall about the, the devils about evil. One is the disbelief that, and is the other, is there is existence of the other, is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. So this, there's this balance between, and that's a challenge for us, is that when we understand, he says, go to your father, who has in all the power in all of heaven, but not recognize there is an evil one at work. Now, have you ever been in the presence of evil before? Some of you have. Some of you go like, yeah, you've met my ex-wife or husband, so... <laughs> So anyway. Some of you are like, too soon. Okay, too soon. But I have. I've experienced that in, in my life. I've been in places, especially in other countries where there's the de- de- demonic is very overt. I was in a little island off the coast of Honduras called Helene, and I was going and visiting this, there was kind of like swamp, the swamp, the swamplands, and all the little shacks, little shanties were built on Pylons and and you just did the little boardwalk. If you're going to a tenant Lake, it'd be like walking there in a the little neighborhood. And we went along and they they warned me and he said on this this one little shack here, this is where Mama B lives and she's a witch doctor. And so like thanks for the warning of a witch doctor walking by. And we went by and the lady she looked out her window and scowled at us. And I felt like just that hair in the back of my head just kind of tinged up a little bit as we we're going. Very dark. Just if you imagine, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. That's what it felt like, okay? Uh, and that was, wow, that was kind of crazy. And yet, just a few years ago, we, myself and Larry, who was a leader at the time here in the church, prayed with a young boy who was struggling with uh, demonic um, manifestations. And so the family brought him to, and he had been exposed to some demonic witchcraft activities in a home that he lived in before, and I remember praying praying with him and praying for him. And I opened my eyes and I looked in his eyes and there was a sinister look on his eyes that was not the little boy. And what I'm telling you is all that is there's evil. There's presence of evil. It's true. There's an evil force at work that we're going to talk about here in a moment. But but recognizing this, that's overt evil that's out there okay we're going into Halloween and it's celebrated and, and people get caught up in all and all of that but I would say and I think you recognize this probably as you as you mature as a follower of Christ is that Satan doesn't just work in the overt ways he works in the covert ways there where Satan really has his ways again maybe minimizing what he does and doesn't do but but looking at this is that he works into relationships he weaves into situations he causes us to be distracted, to be discouraged, to find disunity and division uh, with, that, with the very people that we, we love, the very people in our relationship with, and that, that's to be aware of that that's going on. And so as we move in this and we talk about intercession, we can't help but talk about spiritual warfare that we're getting in here this morning. See, 1 Peter tells us this, be alert of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. A roaring lion looking to devour. That's, that's pretty serious, isn't it? But we need to recognize, and we talk talking in, in perspective here, this balance of evil and, 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 and of God and what he can do is that, that he, he exists, but he, he's there to intimidate us. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bark, no bite. The enemy, the devil, roars around, but someone calls him a toothless lion. Meaning this is what Jesus did accomplishing, paying the price of sin on the cross and rising from the dead to give us, to, to conquer death. We have life in him and we are more than conquerors in him. And yet he roars and he, and he makes his presence known. First John tells us what Jesus did. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So we pray deliverance from evil, but recognize this. Jesus already did it. Jesus fulfilled the prayer. Jesus, What he did on the cross when he, when he accomplished in the resurrection, done. The war is over. It's done. It's finished. Jesus is the overcomer. And yet we sit here today and we live in a fallen, broken world. We, we, we hear of news of, of bombs being launched in Gaza Strip again in, in Israel. We see of all the different wars and things going on. The wars are taking place in our news, but there's wars in our neighborhoods as well. There's battles and difficulties going through. And we're going, wait a second, I don't understand. If the war's already won, how come we're still in the battle? Well, that's that's, what, that's where we're at. We live in the already not yet the war has been declared over and the battle, but the battle keep continues on. And I think a great example is this, well, through all human history, but even in our own country. We think of, you know, Abraham Lincoln and the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. Four score and seven years ago, it was a declaration to end slavery. Well, the war needed to be fought, right? And the war then, at the end of the war, there was a, the 13th Amendment was the abolition of, of, of slavery, and, and that happened in 1865 If Congress passed that well, What happened in the next 100 years? That still needed to be worked through That's still a segregation everything It wasn't until 1964 That the Civil Rights Act was passed Now we think about six, close to 60 years later Are we a little bit further on? Some say yes Some say no Right? There's still The war's been won There's still a battle that goes on and The same way with us spiritually Jesus defeated death On the cross, or defeated the devil on the cross And defeated death through the resurrection But we continue on in the trenches We still are in a sinful world And there's still a battle that we're going through There's hope and victory ahead But Satan is still considered the God of this world As wreaking havoc all the time and every day But his day will come But until then, what do we do? We fight We fight, we sang it, we fight the battle but there's an un, it's an unseen battle that's going on. So I don't know what you battled this week. I don't know what you went through this week. I don't know what the difficulties are. And you watch the news and all that, you know, all that's going on. But know this. We need to recognize this, as Thesian says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's a battle. The battle that the enemy is not Hamas. The battle isn't your neighbor. You know that the enemy's not your neighbor, you're thinking, or your ex or wh- wherever people that are out there. The real battle, the real enemy is the enemy, Satan himself, and the armies of 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 the dark forces that are at work in our lives. It, epic battle. What's the battle for? It's the battle for souls. It's a battle for souls. So what do we do? Well, we need to suit up, right? We need to get ready for the battle. We need to be prepared. Ephesians 6 tells us to suit up the armor of God that's listed there and and putting all those on every day. And we read of that. What we need is we need to fight with the weapons that God has given us. It's not bombs and tanks and and, and rocket launchers. The real, it's not with guns and fists, but they're great weapon. 2 Corinthians tells us this, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power To demolish strongholds. Now, what are strongholds? Strongholds are places where the lion roars more than ever. It's the strongholds and places where there seems to be a stronger stronghold. There's just a there's an army of 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 uh, demonic forces at work in certain places either geographically or in people groups or in circumstances or with people situations there's a Satan roars louder in these places and that's where we need to take arms and we need to pray and we'll talk about how to do that so to understand if you don't understand spiritual warfare you're not going to understand prayer it's so much a part of it so here's our here's our thought for today as we kind of wrap up this series on on uh, as in heaven. Prayer is this. Prayer is our weapon to join arms with God's kingdom to come on earth as in heaven. So there's a partnership joining arms together for what God has of heaven coming to earth and believing for that. Our greatest weapon. So Paul lists in Ephesians all the different things. The belt of truth, the, the the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And then he ends with one of the greatest Weapons we have, and this is the weapon we have. He says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. I love what it says there is that Paul's saying, hey, don't be selective in your prayer. Don't be going, ah, no, I don't want to bug God with that. That seems too little. That seems too big. All, all occasions with all kinds of prayers. That means you don't have to pray very spiritually spiritually. Uh, what I mean by that You don't have to pray very flowery. You don't have to pray in a certain way You don't have to You just pray You just express it to God God knows your heart yeah, Have you ever been you Kids when they're like Two or three years old and They're starting to talk And they just gibber jatter And they just keep talking 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 and parents are like, yeah, we, get, we understand our kid. I don't understand what the kid's saying. What does he want, a cookie, or what does he need? And their parents kind of know it. They kind of understand him a little bit. That's when we go to God. We're like, I don't know how to pray. I just kind of jibber-jabber. And, and, but the Lord hears our heart. He knows where we're at in all occasions. And then he says this. You know, just let it rip, the prayer you have. And he says this, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, which I am now an ambassador in chains. Praying I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is Paul. This is the giant of the apostles, the leaders that are there. He wrote a lot of the New Testament, and what is he asking for? Prayer. He said, "Pray." He said it twice that I might be fiercely Be able to proclaim the gospel He's praying for courage And strength and wisdom To be able to proclaim it in such a way This mystery of the gospel That needs to be declared For all God's people Is this work of intercession That's the heart of it is going to God on behalf of others. That's all intercession is. If you hear the word intercession, intercessory prayer is saying I'm going. I'm putting my seed, my needs aside. Doesn't mean that our, our needs are important. That's a petition to God. But we go in intercession to the Lord. We're lifting these people in need. And I find myself all the time saying, "I'll be praying for you, praying for you, praying for you." I got to remember to pray too. I'll pray for you. And usually, what I do is I either pray for the person at that moment, or as I said that, I'm now praying for. Uh, that person as I as, as as I move on That's intercession That intercessory prayer And here's the thing about intercessory prayer You and I know people that are intercessory prayer warriors And we're kind of intimidate, intimidated by them Do you know anybody like that? I mean they're great people Like they pray all the time They pray every day In fact they pray all day And they actually pray And they don't even eat any food They fast And they'll fast for days I know friends like that I have pastors that I used to work with They just pray this. I, I'm like I've I fasted lunch. Does that quite count? I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard. And so when we talk about intercessory prayer, we get intimidated by that. Sometimes we're like, I'm not that kind of person. But what if we were? What if all of us were? What if we actually took some steps to be more of a person of praying for others? I think we could do that today. Here's some steps I want to share with you, some thoughts, just simple things to be thinking about. You can take notes on these, about being a person, of being a prayer, prayer intercessor. First is this, is prayer, praying is caring. You know, you heard sharing is caring. Praying is caring. Praying is basically going, man, man, it, it seems like, you know, the devil's kind of working harder on my family. Well, we pray harder. You have people, and it's all out of love. You know, First John says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You're going to pray for the people that you, that you love and that you care about. Hudson Taylor, the missionary, to, first missionary one of the first missionaries of China in the 19th century said this, we must learn to love man through God by prayer alone. Sometimes we need to, like, how do we really truly love somebody? Of course, express love to them and show that love, but praying for them. This is one of the greatest ways we can do that. Start with those you love. Who do I pray for? The people around you need prayer. And, and it's not that you're probably not doing that, but how can we go further with that? Church, if we are going to be known for anything in this community, I know we're known for love and serving the community, but can this be a place? Can this be a, a group of people that when there is need, who do you call? You call the church. You call people that are close to God and walking in relationship with God and need, and desperate need. Let's be those people. Let's be. Let's create that culture of intercession in or community to know it and feel it. As we pray, as in heaven, know this: our prayers intervenes with the will of God. Our prayer intervenes with the will of God. It's kind of interesting to think about this. Is you wonder if prayer makes a difference, and we go, of course it does. But it's interesting. God's preferred will is to work His will through us that we pray, and it's it's a challenge for us to saying, is there things that don't happen because we don't pray. Well, God makes it very clear that way. It doesn't. Understand God's sovereignty and his free will are always a challenge when we go through that. But he's called us to pray, to see, and again, partnership in his kingdom for whatever is in heaven will be brought on earth. That we're a part of that. And, and throughout scripture, there's this if-when promises that we pray. And one of the famous intercessory prayers is in 2 Chronicles. It's, and the context is where Solomon, they they, re, you know, they built the temple. And, and, and Solomon is going to God. It's almost this place where he's, Lord, show yourself. I want to I experience you. And God speaks to Solomon with this if-then promise. You might know this pretty well. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. There's a promise there. There's this conditional thing. If my people, if my people, not when, because sometimes that doesn't happen. If they do that, what will happen? We call on his name. Whose name do we call upon? We call on the name of Jesus. We talked last week, the power of the name of Jesus. And we call on his name. And what do we do? we humble ourselves we go to him in a place of repentance a place of confession and we say Lord we're not worthy you're worthy do what only you can do and we go to him and we not in our human effort we turn away from wickedness we turn away from in place and turn toward repentance and then what will God will do what does it say he will heal He'll heal our bodies, he'll heal circumstances, he'll heal our land. The land there was speaking of crops and speaking of cattle and speaking of, you know, where there's parched land and there needs to be irrigation, where there needs to be growth. It's the same way in our hearts that the Lord wants to do that great work in us and through us. Someone said this, that the hinge of human history is in the bent knee. The hinge of human history is in the bent knee. I don't know how it all works, but we know this is that God's preferred will is to do it through us and the people that pray. His infinite wisdom has given us free will to seek Him in prayer and see, that, see what He's going to do and see it accomplished. You know, 15th century Blaise Pascal said this, God instituted prayer in order to lend His creatures the dignity of causality. Now, C.S. Lewis explained it this way. God, in his all-encompassing knowledge, wisdom, power, he gives the dignity of causality through which our actions and our prayers really do affect the course of events and serve his ultimate purposes. By and large, he wants to do his preferred will through us, that we get to partner with it. We get to see, we get to be in the front lines, we get the front row and see what God is doing. And it's amazing work that he does, that we get to be a part of it. So what does that mean? If, if you want to see change in your kids, you pray for them. If you want to see change in your neighborhood, pray for them. If you want to see a change in your spouse, don't fight with them, pray for them, okay? If you want to see change in, in your in your world around you, pray and believe and intercede as in heaven and on earth that we partnership with God's kingdom and then know this we, when we do this we have and take authority through prayer we can have and take authority through prayer spoke on that a little bit last week again authority in the name of Jesus but I, I bring us to the place of Caesarea Philippi where Jesus is gathered with his disciples in this place and there's this huge rock and he says in this huge cliff as he's looking he says on this rock he says I will build my church and the gates of hell will not come against it and then he said these empowering words and these are the words for us as well as believers he said this I will give you what the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven man there's something powerful about the keys right when we have the keys in our hand, they can do amazing, amazing things. The keys spiritually, what God has for us, their entrance into heaven. That we pray in his, in his authority that he's given us to release, to see the captives free. To see the captives free, proclaim the victory, to proclaim this, you know, uh, in Isaiah. And then Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's me, anointing me to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the broken heart, to set the captives free. And I think about this already not yet where the, where the war has been declared over and yet the battle continues. Again, in history, we see in World War II where, you know, Japan declared, you know, they, 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 uh, you know, they surrendered. And yet in the South Seas, we hear the stories where Marines had to go and rescue our POWs from the, the camps that were there because they're still being told that the war wasn't over. And I just picture them going in and, you know, having the keys and unlocking the cell doors and letting those POWs out. That's what we do spiritually. You have friends and I have friends. They're locked in to cell doors. They're in in addiction. They're in bondage. They're in their struggles in their life, and they don't know what to do. Jesus has given us the keys, the key of his kingdom to unlock and see access and help and, and invite people into freedom. That's the power of prayer that we have. God has given us but when we do this we don't do it just praying but we do it in the doing too. see prayer without practice is hypocrisy prayer without practice is hypocrisy the American church why I think it's so weak and all this we find ourselves is that we do a lot of saying but we don't do a lot of doing when it comes to prayers where you know James says as the body without the spirit is so faith without deeds is dead prayer without action is fake faith and, and so how does this play out so I want you to think about this for a moment the best thing in spiritual warfare is to see what the enemy's doing and his strategy, but also it's praying and, and to choose to live equal but opposite of that action. Okay, let me give you an example of what I mean by this. If you're seeing a lot of greed around you, pray for generosity for people, but also be generous in what you do. So you're thinking, man, we need to see, we need people to be giving. And Are you a giver? Are you a tither? Are you giving to the church and supporting the work that's here? Are you putting your prayer to action? How about this? You see a lot of negativity at work. Everybody's negative, negative. You're praying for positivity. You're praying, you know, praying for joy. Be that person. Be the, be the one that's filled with joy that comes to work every day. You know how people are battling depression? Well, pray for them, but also be an encourager, Okay. So you can see that, how how we can put that into practice. Be a fulfillment of the prayer you're praying. That's pushing back the the gates of hell and seeing God do what only he can do. And so what do we do? We we live what we pray. We live what we pray. And there's a power of that. Now, we're kind of running out of time, but I want to give you some practical things. Again, there's people here, I'm I'm self-included, like I need some help, some practical ways to be more of an intercessory prayer person. The first is this. And get, what to get to is first is this: is to get informed. So when when you hear the news, you're going, "Oh my gosh, the world," as Grandpa used to say, "is going to hell in a handbasket." Turn your news and all the news you get into prayer. Now, obviously, we're praying for the the nation of Israel and all that's in every life involved. By the way, we're praying for everybody. We're praying against we're praying against the war that's going on, but we're praying for all people, all souls that are, that are involved with. Turn your, the news into prayer. Get informed. Learn. Find out what's going on and be informed that way. Another way is get inspired. Go to God's word every single day and ask the Lord through his word. How do you want me to pray? How do you want to do that? We have a prayer guide in your, in your program that's available. It's online as well. This week, our last week in our prayer guide, each and every day, there's, a, there's an activity you can do to help you move toward intercession. Ask the Lord, God, what breaks your heart may it break my heart. And then this one is, is this. It's is supposed to say, get indignant. I think we didn't spell that right, right? That's a little different indigent there. So indignant means this. It's a holy discontent. It's this place, and I find the line between being passionate and pissed off, okay? And I say that is that, that uh, my wife's going, oh, I can't believe you said that. But it is, it is this line of being passionate. Jesus was that way. Jesus got indignant. He got upset. He, there, there's money changers in the temple. The Bible says he created a whip. Like, when did he have time to make a whip? But he grabbed a cord, and he, he didn't whip anybody. He cleared the tables. He goes, this cannot be a... This, can't, this is God's house. This is the temple of my father's house. Don't make it a den of robbers. Get indignant. Get upset for the good things. And then finally, this is get in sync. What this means is get with other people. You can, you can go farther. You can go faster alone, but you go further with others. And, and Jesus said this this scripture about almost an if-then promise. He says this, again, I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree with anything that they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. There's power of God that we come together, two or three together, and his presence is with us. How does that happen? Well, it doesn't happen alone. It happens in prayer groups. It happens in opportunities where we gather together in small groups and micro groups and prayer groups all throughout the week. And if you're not a part of one, let, let's help you be a part of that. It's joining forces together to say God's kingdom come as will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, here's some practical things we want to invite you to for prayer. First is this. We have an intercessory prayer group. Every week when you write a prayer request on that, it goes in email to a group. If you're saying, I want to be on that list to get those needs that I can pray for throughout the week, let us know. You can write on the connection card, Mark, I want to be on the prayer request team. Or write in on your card to let us know and do that. The second thing I want to invite you to is I want to invite my, Tim, my friend Tim. Scott's going to come. And Tim is a part of the Light of the World Prayer Center. And he's also become a fast friend. Uh, we spend some time in a prayer group every single week with Birch Bay and Blaine. Pastors, I'm going to give a moment to talk about something we can partner with that
1: we have done in the past that we're going to do again as well. Good morning. So I do work at Light of the World Prayer Center, um, which is an incredible joy. I get to work in a place of prayer, talking about prayer and encouraging prayer. So I'm so glad to be here today. This is just an honor to be with you and to encourage this. We have something we call Day to Pray, And those of you who have been around a while may remember it. But what we're... Here's the idea. I get together with people from a whole bunch of different spheres or parts of society. Like education people. I was a teacher. I get together with uh, doctors and nurses, health people. I get together with business people. So a whole variety. And I ask them, what would it be like if the kingdom of God broke in in your area of life, where you're a professional, where you do life. And in scripture tells us that they have authority in that area. So when I was a teacher, I had authority in my building and in my classroom, but it's also spiritual authority. And so I ask them, they give me prayer requests. Then I write up a prayer guide and I hand it out to churches. And I ask each church to take a day to pray, day to pray. So um, North Bay's day to pray would be a Thursday? First, Thursday, first Thursday of the month. What would happen if I had 31 churches that each took a day to pray? By the way, day to pray means midnight to midnight. What would happen if there was a person at the throne room of God every hour of every day of every week all year? What would happen if this was the most prayed-over county in the nation? We have 180 churches in this county-ish. I don't know exact number. What happened would happen if they were all day-to-pray churches? And we had three to five churches every single day, every hour of the day, somebody, either by themselves or in small groups, I love it when families do it together, taking the requests that we have Submitted to the throne of grace. What would happen? Well, let me give you one little bit about what does happen. Um, we have a lot of local stories. Uh, a lot of them are from several years ago. We prayed at the prayer center, both in the prayer room and putting it in the prayer guide um, for all the sex trafficking that happens from Vancouver to Seattle. We're just right on the the highway of this. And within uh, some weeks, there was a bust. This was like mm, 2018, I think, 2017, 18, right in there. And there was a bunch of women that were rescued and over 100 people that were part of the sex trade that were um, arrested. Um, Local police, state police, county police, FBI. There's a whole bunch, border patrol, all coordinated together. The prayer center got behind it and prayed for it. The body of Christ in the county prayed for it and the bust was in Bellingham. This wasn't a Vancouver or a Seattle bust. It was a here bust. That means that evil is in our neighborhood and we need to pray about it and ask for the goodness of God to be revealed in people's lives and to rescue those who are poor and marginalized and prayer does this. Now, I want to give you one blow-me-away story, okay? Just, just one. Uh, what God is doing around the world is astounding. Um, when Jesus made the whip, he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. That has two meanings. One, that all nations are welcome to come in, and that we from the house of prayer pray for all nations, both. So there's a, a house church ministry, and they've been going for about 30 years. And in those 30 years, they have a network in Hindu, Muslim, and Buddhist world of three to 3.5 million house churches. I mean, it's big, 80 million believers in places where you can, it can be really dangerous to be a believer. They have house churches on the Gaza Strip, absolutely. Um, They partnered with the International Prayer Connect, which is a group of 5,000 prayer networks. And in the last year and a half, and even just this year, actually the leader said in the last eight months, they have had more than the previous 30 years combined. When the world said, yes, we'll pray for you, astounding things have happened. We're talking hundreds, thousands of prayer of house churches planted in the center of the most dangerous places to be a Christian in the world. In Muslim nations where they, you can die if you accept Christ, all of a sudden, thousands of house churches have popped up beyond imagination to, if we're to get into all the details. The point is there is prayer now that is going around the world, around the clock, around the throne. This is the goal for Whatcom County. What would happen if Birch Bay was prayed for around the clock every day? Can you do it by yourself as an individual? Most certainly not. Can this church do it by themselves? Well, I really don't think so. That's quite a commitment. Yeah, most of you would have to take an hour every single day. I mean, this is a lot. But what if every church in Birch Bay Blaine was on the list and every church took their time? This is the, this is the goal. Uh, the, when 75% of the calls to prayer in the New Testament are corporate, when it says you in the English language, <laughs> it looks singular. And so we all take it real personal. But it's y'all. We really need to go to the south for this. When y'all pray, things happen. Not just you. The burden is not on you is the point. The burden is on the body of Christ. And we come beside each other. This is why I so appreciate being part of this group in Blaine. We come beside each other. This group has been praying together since 2008 or so. And they come beside each other. And when one is just beat down, the others come right beside him and lift his arms up and say, bro, you can do this. Let me help you. Not, you can do this, see ya. That's a very different thing. Let's rescue the kids in our schools. Let's rescue them in the spiritual. The school is a great place physically. Physically. But spiritually, it's a very dangerous place. Let's rescue them spiritually. Can we do that together? At the back, there's a sign-up sheet for a day to pray. And I'll be working with uh, somebody to help coordinate and organize. There is some, we have to take care of the details. People have to sign up for each hour. Um, There's a lot of ways to do it. But the point is, Jesus' name, one of his names is faithful and true. He is 100% faithful to us, and as a body, we want to be faithful to him. And part of that is this intercessory prayer. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Really
0: appreciate our friendship, our, our partnership. And so, uh, if you would sign up in the back for day to pray, and we'll figure out you're like what hour a day and all that. Let's just get, let's just pick that day the first Thursday of the month. And we want to let you know there'll be an email list going out. Deb Hiller, who is who, who can't be here this weekend. Uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend for them, for Canadians. And so uh, she'll be leading that charge as well. And so as our team comes, as we close in in prayer, and a matter of worship, please make sure you sign up on the way back or you can mark on your connection card. Get, we just need your email to be a part of that team as well can we believe it that can you imagine if we add that level of prayer covering what god wants to do and it's you and i doing that. Just, not just you you all together that we do that as well i'm gonna invite you to stand as we go to prayer and as we you know are challenged to pray for those out there and the ch- people around us i'm not we know there's need with you right now how can we intercede with you That's a question this morning. Before you leave here today, I'm going to invite our our team to come, our prayer team, come right now. And in this closing song, if you're in need and you need someone to come along and partner with you in intercession, uh, they're going to come now and they're going to be available even during the song and afterwards. But will you join with me in, in prayer right now? Let's just do that. God, thank you for this time and this opportunity. And we could talk, and, and, and it's good. Awareness is the first step. Awareness that there is an enemy at work, and it's—he he doesn't have—he he he doesn't wear clothes. He doesn't—he's not a human being. The enemy, the devil himself, is is at work in this world. And and Lord, we, in your infinite wisdom, God, have allowed him to do what he's doing. That we live in this already, not yet, but we know that his his power can't destroy us as followers of jesus he can't destroy us because jesus what you did on the cross and what you accomplished by dying for our sin to break sin's bondage sin is no longer our master the devil is no longer our master death is no longer our master because you you rose from the dead to give us true and eternal life so we stand in victory but we're in the war lord there's a there's a there's a war that's been won, but there's also a battle that continues on, and it's a battle that we have in our own soul, but it's a battle for souls as well. And so, Lord, will you place in our hearts people this week how to pray for them? Lord, will you challenge us how to take steps in intercession for the people around us to love them, to, to model prayer and to model living out the prayer God that you've given us, and so that we can really to partner with you, Kingdom come, your will be done on earth as. In God, as we come forward in need today, we need others to come alongside and partner with us in prayer and intercede on our behalf as well. Thank you for the body of Christ that we can do that for one another as we reach out and care for each other, God. Thank you, Lord. We lift you up. God, we know that we're not by ourselves, ourselves. We are surrounded by your presence and by one another. And we love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Come forward for prayer.